This is the Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, hello, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. After a long Mardi Gras weekend off, I decided to not bore you guys with all of the details of what some are saying is one of the most successful Mardi Gras in the last 10 years. I would tend to argue because there were murders, shootings, rapes, stabbings, carjackings, assaults, and batteries, and how can you call something successful with so much crime that it was head on a swivel time for most people? And I'm not talking about head on a swivel looking for Mardi Gras beads and doubloons and trinkets, but making sure that you're not the next victim of the massive crime wave in the city of New Orleans. Hello, everyone. Steve Z here. Wednesday, Ash Wednesday for you Catholics and Christians out there. February 22nd, 2023. We're back in the old chair here behind the plastic microphone at the Truth Hurts Program Network. I am not a fan of Nikki Haley. I've never really been a fan of Nikki Haley. I thought she might have had some potential as perhaps a vice presidential candidate in the past, but my respect level for her is dropping by the day. I will give her some props, though, some credit, a little kudos. Presidential candidate Nikki Haley bashed crazy Bernie Sanders, the Vermont so-called independent Democratic Party senator, because he criticized her proposal for issuing mental acuity tests for sitting members of Congress ages 75 and up. You might recall last week, Mr. Sanders was bashing Nikki Haley, calling her some kind of bigot against old people. And he then said maybe she should take a test. I think she'd pass with flying colors. Well, Nikki Haley has come back and bashed Bernie Sanders as one of the main reasons a mental competency test is needed for people 75 and older serving in Congress. In an appearance on the CBS Late Show with Stephen Colbert, crazy Bernie Sanders, age 81, denounced Nikki Haley's suggestion to issue mental acuity tests for members of Congress age 75 or older as, quote, absurd and ageist. Like, you know, racist, now there's ageist. Then at an event on Tuesday, Nikki Haley fired back at Sanders' comments saying he was the main reason why such tests were needed. And people thought that was awesome. Nikki Haley said in response to a crowd member's question about the comment, quote, Bernie Sanders lost his mind that I asked for that. He is exactly the reason we need it, unquote. Whoopi Goldberg lost her mind over it. And well, you know what she was doing? She was glorifying Dianne Feinstein and Maxine Waters. They're exactly the reason we need it. It, of course, being those cognitive and mental acuity tests. In his condemnations, Sanders compared Nikki Haley's ageism to prejudices such as sexism or racism, saying it should be fought just as much as the others. He said, what does she mean? I don't understand what, yeah, no, I think that's absurd. Wow, that sounds like Joe Biden talking with a Boston accent. He then said to Stephen Colbert, 
You know, we are fighting racism. We are fighting sexism. We are fighting homophobia. I think we should also be fighting ageism. Bernie Sanders, another aging nut job who should just simply go away. The Biden administration's junk science-based plan to mandate coal-powered stoves. Tim Carney writes in the Washington Examiner that a member of the Biden administration admitted last year to planning a complete ban on natural gas-powered stoves through the Consumer Product Safety Commission. You might recall Commissioner Richard Trumpka wrote in October, quote, there is sufficient information available for CPSC to issue a notice of proposed rulemaking in fiscal year 23 proposing to ban gas stoves in homes. His argument for a natural gas stove ban was based on an indoor air quality study. Specifically, he leaned on a very low quality study by a green energy group that was trumpeted as showing a huge portion of asthma cases could be caused by gas stoves. He, of course, was criticized and the administration was forced to walk back that junk science. It's obvious what's going on here. The group that performed that study was called the Rocky Mountain Institute. And they're a left-wing lobbying group whose purpose is to push businesses towards so-called green energy. So it conducted a low-quality study that made a competitor, gas, look bad. But if you look into Rocky Mountain Institute, the lobbying group, they're a pro-coal organization. Publishing junk science on gas stoves is a bad way to achieve a goal, partly because gas stoves are just a tiny source of natural gas usage. The broader goal is electrification, and that isn't the sort of thing the federal government should be advancing with national bans, because in many parts of the country, electric-powered stoves are run on electricity created in coal-fired electric generating stations. The problem with environmental policymakers and lobbyists are quite common. They see something that is good in some circumstances and then they decide that it should be good for all circumstances. Listen, an electric car might be a good idea for short or medium range trips of a guy and his wife or his girlfriend, maybe a kid or two. But vehicles that take long trips would require massive batteries and are uneconomical in hundreds of different ways. High-efficiency light bulbs are perfect for light fixtures that are left on all day or difficult to change, such as in tall ceilings and parking garages. But they are a lot less good in fixtures that are frequently switched on and off. The broader lesson is that green intentions don't always make for good policy. Follow the money, I always say. This is the Truth Hurts program. There was a conspiracy theory, a rumor mill that was ginned up in the last few days claiming that FBI agents were caught and killed attempting to sabotage an electric generating substation in Idaho by U.S. Marines. The claim is U.S. Marines gunned down criminal FBI agents trying to sabotage an electrical substation in Meridian, Idaho. According to Snopes, the rating is false. The false claim originates from a website with a satire disclaimer, although the FBI is actually investigating a series of attacks on 
electric generating substations in Idaho and other states. Somebody took the ball and ran with it on a satire website, put out a joke piece stating, quote, U.S. Marines gunned down criminal FBI agents trying to sabotage an electrical substation in Meridian, Idaho. The, st the story used the factual existence of recent attacks on the electrical grid substations in multiple states to feed anti-FBI, anti-government conspiracy theories. Real Raw News carries this disclaimer, quote, information on this website is for informational and educational and entertainment purposes. This website contains humor, parody, and satire. In fact, there is no evidence supporting the central claim that the U.S. Marines prevented an Idaho electrical grid attack that was being carried out by rogue FBI agents. I thought the whole thing was kind of funny, and a lot of people, unfortunately, read only what they thought they wanted to read and then ran with it. Here's a fact that you will love to hear. The very liberal, progressive, woke city of New York, New York City, their business community is freaking out right now as businesses are being hit hard because Mayor Eric Adams has decided we're not a tourist town anymore. We're a sanctuary city providing luxury hotel accommodations, meals, and other services to house illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants. There are far fewer tourists now because there's nowhere for them to stay in the city of New York. And according to business owners, New York City is a ghost town. New York City business owner on Monday said that ever since those criminal law-breaking migrant invaders were placed at a hotel near her cafe, she has seen fewer and fewer customers. Anna Ivkozik is the owner of the Waddle Cafe, and she joined the Fox and Friends television show to discuss how the migrant crisis of Joe Biden has adversely affected her business, and that the lack of tourists makes her neighborhood feel like a ghost town. She said small business owners like herself were blindsided by the decision to place migrants at the world's largest Holiday Inn located near her Manhattan cafe. She said her business relies on tourist traffic, but now the hotel has become the world's tallest migrant facility. She said all of a sudden, a lot of the revenue that we were relying upon from the tourists has essentially disappeared. She added that business owners did not even know this was coming. She questioned if there are more cost-efficient locations to place the migrants, since her cafe is located right in the financial district, which she described as the most sought-out real estate in New York. She's reached out to her city council member, Christopher Matt, for a solution so that businesses and livelihoods of American citizens are not negatively impacted by the criminal law-breaking migrant invaders. She says, quote, ultimately, according to court documents, while many New Yorkers are struggling to pay rent in the Big Apple due to Joe Biden's inflation, the migrants are receiving these $190 plus per night rooms at a four-star Holiday Inn all the way through May of 2024, according to court documents. May of 2024? That's over a year away. Wow. Must be nice. I can't afford to stay at a Holiday Inn 
in New York City in the financial district from now through May of 2024. Neither can many Americans. But yet, Joe Biden, Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul, and all the other Democrats, well, they're making out like fat cats. You know, if that hotel reaches full capacity, it could cost the city $93,500 per day based on that average room rate. That's $2.8 million per month to house the illegal migrants there. Wow. Financial District Holiday Inn went bankrupt in 2020. It was struggling to book rooms for more than $100 a night, but now it's making nearly twice as much from the city by housing criminal, law-breaking, invading illegal immigrants. <laughs> that is what you get with a Democrat-run government. Hey, speaking of dumb Democrat moves, Joe Biden spurns U.S. energy producers and turns to Venezuela for millions of barrels of oil. Outright hostility is what he's doing. Gropey Joe is showing outright hostility to the U.S. oil industry by turning to foreign countries, including our adversaries, to supply America's energy needs rather than helping the people here at home. This according to experts and energy insiders. The U.S. is on track right now to receive 3 million barrels of crude oil from Venezuela this month alone, according to Reuters, because oil producer Chevron is shipping more than 100,000 barrels a day of Venezuelan crude to the U.S. under a license issued by Joe Biden's Treasury Department. Last year, the Biden administration authorized Chevron to expand production in Venezuela and resume exports of Venezuelan oil, much of which comes here. Venezuela is an OPEC member. They were under U.S. sanctions with their oil frozen for several years due to the international outcry over the conduct of their socialist government. Hmm. Joe Biden, bring us that foreign oil and to hell with domestic production. Way to go, gropey Joe Biden. You remember the little panty-waist David Hogg, the kid who was in some high school where some people were shot years ago in some kind of mass shooting? Well, he has made an entire career now out of being anti-Second Amendment, anti-constitutional. David Hogg says the Second Amendment is being, quote, intentionally misinterpreted, unquote, in order to protect individual rights. Gun control activist David Hogg revived a previously debunked Second Amendment claim that the Founding Fathers never intended it to protect an individual's right to own a gun. Little Davy Hogg wrote a Twitter thread on Sunday insisting that historians and law professors have informed him directly that the law was intentionally misinterpreted away from its intention to protect state militias. Hogg tweeted, quote, after reading about the history of the Second Amendment and talking with a lot of history and law professors, I believe the Second Amendment has been intentionally misinterpreted. It was never meant as an individual right. It was created to protect state militias like the National Guard. Of course, he's wrong. And he continues, It says well-regulated militia for a reason. The shall not be infringed part means the federal government is not allowed to forcibly disarm state militias. I'm not alone in this interpretation. Over a hundred years of jurisprudence backs me up on this. 
To those who don't agree, that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion, and I'm still ready to work with you on what we can agree on. Disagreement and hatred are not the same thing. He later tweeted, Our unregulated militia prevented us from ensuring domestic tranquility and promoting the general welfare of our children and citizens. This has prevented us from securing blessings of liberty the founders set out to protect in writing our Constitution. Okay. Maine State Senator Eric Brackey, a Republican, responded, quote, I'm glad that after reading about history and talking with professors, you were able to confirm in your mind what you already believed to be true. It's called confirmation bias. Republican congressional candidate Jack Lombardi II tweeted, Shall not be infringed. Sit down, propagandist. Our founding fathers knew of people like you. Prominent political account Politibunny insists if you paid to learn this heap of garbage, you should get your money back. Millions of Americans understand the second better than you. And they didn't go to Harvard. Attorney Costas Moros advises your professors should explain why every major 19th century commentator disagrees with them. The Federalist senior editor David Harsanyi joked, you should debate someone regarding this claim or the history of the Second Amendment in general. I'd love to hear your expertise. Education expert Deb Philman wrote, removing all doubt that he's a moron, groups don't have rights, never mind groups that may or may not exist. Oops, you have no militia. I guess you have no right to bear arms, unquote. Various liberal media outlets and figures have made the similar claim that the Second Amendment was only written to protect militia groups rather than individuals' rights to own guns. I guess the old saying, you can have my gun when you pry it for my cold dead fingers, lives on and on. Here is the bottom line, my friends. The text of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution is quite plain and quite clear. Quote, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, unquote. Check your wallets again, boys and girls. The United States of America is now half a billion dollars poorer thanks to Joe Biden's surprise visit to the Ukraine, where he handed out 500 million more of your tax dollars in yet another theft of your money disguised as a so-called aid package to the Ukraine. It's been about a year now since Russia invaded the Ukraine. Joe Biden decided to make a surprise trip to Kiev along with making an announcement pledging another half a billion dollars of your money to that country. Oh, Joe Biden seen walking down the streets of Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, alongside Volodymyr Zelensky. A year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands and democracy stands, Biden said. He forgot about giving away Afghanistan and destroying democracy in that part of the world. I guess that war wasn't popular. I guess the Afghanis weren't white enough. Biden's declaration accompanied an announcement of $500 million of your tax money to go directly to Volodymyr Zelensky to spend as he sees fit. Biden made the decision to visit the Ukraine capital on Friday. Russia was informed only a few hours before he departed. I guess they missed an opportunity. That's all I can say. I'm not going to go any further. I don't wish death upon anyone. Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG as she is affectionately known, 
is gaining power in the GOP-led House, and she suggests splitting up the United States on President's Day. That was two days ago on Monday. By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but neither Joe Biden, the president, or Kamel Toe Harris, the vice president, made a single mention of the observance of President's Day on President's Day. Usually you'll hear a president and a vice president acknowledging their forebearers, their predecessors, the presidents and vice presidents before them, the achievements, the accomplishments, and yes, sometimes the struggles and strife faced by previous presidents. But Joe Biden, Hamilton Harris, they are so full of themselves, they did not even acknowledge that any other presidents ever existed before them. Anyway, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has suggested splitting up the U.S. according to red and blue states. She calls it a national divorce for people sick of the Democrats' traitorous policies. She made her latest statement as she continues to gain more power in Congress. I've been saying it for decades. A civil war is coming. And this time it's going to be really, really bloody. Marjorie Taylor Greene, not one of my favorite people, but at least she has the balls to stand up and say things. See some of the other headlines here as we run short on time. Do GOPs looking to rein in the Biden inflationary executive orders in a vote this week. House Republicans will vote on legislation that will require the White House to analyze how major executive orders will affect prices across the U.S. economy before issuing those orders in an attempt to curb what the Republican Party says is gropey Joe Biden's habit of imposing costly rules that fuel devastating inflation. The bill will be known as the Reduce Exacerbated Inflation Negatively Impacting the Nation Act, or Rain in and it is sponsored by some of the top Republican leaders and the committee chairman in the 118th Congress. The lawmakers say Biden's orders are fueling inflation in the United States, and I agree, especially the one that he issued on day one that revoked the Keystone XL pipeline permit that former President Trump had granted. The decision cost thousands of jobs and billions upon billions of dollars in lost economic growth and set the stage for the inflationary pressures on energy prices that began and will forever define the Joe Biden presidency. Another executive order Biden signed in late 2021 required that the government require only electric vehicles over the next 10 years. Republicans say those orders and others that embrace far left climate policies will always mean higher prices for US citizens. Every hardworking family is now forced to pay more for everything due to Joe Biden's failed economic policies. Instead of reversing course, Joe Biden and his administration doubled down on their tax and spend and tax and tax again agenda that has continued to exacerbate Joe Biden's inflation. The new House Republican majority is committed to honoring the promise we made to the American people to stop the reckless spending that ignited and continues to fuel inflation, which has risen over 14.3% since Joe Biden took office. Under the legislation, any executive order that has an annual fiscal effect of a billion or more will have to be studied first by the administration 
for possible inflationary effects on the economy, and the analysis would not have to be done when emergency assistance is given to states, for example, or if a presidential action is needed for national security reasons. One major action that gropey Joe Biden took last year, for example, was to tell the Department of Education to forgive billions of dollars in student debt. Now, that is not something that we got an opportunity to vote on. They just put it into effect without ever questioning Congress, the keepers of the purse strings. Joe Biden taxing and spending and taxing and taxing again. Speaking of mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, mumbling, fumbling, stuttering, stammering, bumbling, tumbling, crumbling Joe Biden, his administration continues to cling to the term Latinx, while Hispanic Democrats are saying they need to ban the word. While the Biden administration still clings to this so-called gender-neutral term Latinx, or Latinx as he calls it sometimes, to describe people of Latin American descent, the Hispanic Democrats in the state of Connecticut are trying to ban the term from government documents, calling the term offensive. It may have become increasingly popular in academia, but it has failed to catch on amongst the rest of America, and especially in the Latin community, Latinos, Latinas, just like the entire Spanish language is based upon how many? How many genders? Oh, that would be two. Latina for the female, Latino for the male. A Pew Research poll found that in 2019, less than 3% of self-identified Hispanics or Latinos in the U.S. ever insult themselves by calling themselves Latinx. The number dropped to 2% in 2021, according to the survey, and... 40% of respondents say they were offended by the made-up word. Arkansas became the first state in the country to ban the term Latinx in government documents. An executive order on her first day in office signed by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders makes the word unlawful. Connecticut will likely follow in her footsteps after five Hispanic Democrats introduced the bill to prohibit state agencies from using that offensive term in the General Assembly. I could go on and on and on. It's an offensive derogatory term for all Puerto Ricans. It's something that hasn't set well with a lot of people for a while. When I found out that Miss Sanders banned it in Arkansas on her first day in office, I saw it as an opportunity for me to do the same thing. Those words from Democrat State Representative Geraldo Reyes Jr., the chief sponsor of that bill. Last month, when the White House announced that Julio Guiti Rivera, who was selected in 2020 as, quote, one of the top 40 Latinx experts in the U.S. national security and foreign policy by the Diversity and National Security Network and New America, was gropey Joe Biden's pick to join the Inter-American Foundation, Joe Biden and his crew have used the term multiple times in public speeches around the nation. Let's see what else we got before we run out of time here. Back to Marjorie Taylor Greene for a moment. She says she's fed up with the government and Joe Biden supporting the war in Ukraine. She calls for the people of America to help her save America. After tweeting, Joe Biden is, quote, a fool, unquote. After suggesting a national divorce, 
MTG has shared yet another controversial tweet. She wants to stop World War III. I understand. She tweeted, quote, I'm fed up with our American government and Biden supporting the war in Ukraine and doing absolutely nothing to protect America's border. Help me fund a national ad campaign to stop World War III. I'm raising money to put ads all over the USA to demand our government work for us, not Zelensky. And then, of course, donate here to help save America and stop World War III. I'm not a big fan of that type of fundraising for advertising. I do think that we have gone well overboard in supporting Mr. Zelensky's turn over there in the Ukraine, turning that nation into a dictatorship. But who the hell am I? Just the host of this little show we call The Truth Hurts. And we're just about out of time for this Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023 edition, the day after Mardi Gras. It is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lent season. That's L-E-N-T, Lent, where we give up things and we prepare for the impending death and resurrection of Christ. Go out there and try and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time on The Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Copyright 2023, The Truth Hurts Program. All rights reserved. This program produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country. I do apologize if you are offended by my commentary, but I speak the truth. Therefore, I retract absolutely nothing. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. And just like that, the Chinese spy balloons disappeared from the news. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.